0: Juice. If you have been blessed or been baptized in water, do join us. Thank you. When we celebrate this, we have to remember always that the Lord Jesus Christ really came. And died for us. It it cannot be celebrated in a ritualistic way. Every time when we celebrate, we must remember the reality of that. He suffered. He took your sin and my sin, and he died for us so that we may have life, life everlasting. We are going to sing this chorus. On the cross, he did that for you and for me. It is not a story, it is not a myth, it is real. It is real. On the night he was betrayed. He took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Eat of it, all of you. This is my body given for you. Let us all eat of it. And in like manner, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Let us believe and partake of it. God is real. Amen. We don't come to church just to fulfill a requirement. We come to church to meet the living God. And that is the God who gives us life. He gives us life, life everlasting. Everything exists in God's presence. God's. You see, I want you all to understand, without His presence, nothing can exist. Without the presence of God, nothing can survive. Please be seated. Everything exists. Because of God. Everything exists because of God. And everything exists in God's will. Nothing can exist without God's will. Nothing. A sparrow cannot exist without God's will. It will fall down, says the word of God. It will fall down. And that is when God says yes. So I would like you all to understand. I'm continuing this thing from the last which I shared with you about God's will. We talked about the prophet Balaam. How he was called to curse the people of Israel. And the king of Moab called him. And how he went. Now you see, when Balaam the prophet was called by the king of Moab to curse the Israelites, it was against God's will. We saw that. It was against. But why did Balaam go? Balaam went because he had a weakness of greed he had a weakness of greed we all we all must give in to the will of god and in order to give in to the will of god is we have to remove or to get the strength from god to come out of our weakness we cannot become perfect but we can come out of weakness we can try our best we may fall once or twice but we can come out so what I would say here is, the man didn't want to take, take off his weakness. He continued as a prophet, but with greed. And that is why we see he fell. He fell, and nothing can exist outside the perfect will of God. Remember this. I shared about perfect will and permissive will. But I'm going to share again some more how, how we, are, we are not perfect. I'm not saying that we can be perfect. Neither can we come into the fullness of his perfection. No. There is a perfect will. There is a perfect will and how God allows us to do what we like and that falls under the permissive will of God. He allows us. But you see, what happens if we continue to live in our own desires, our own will, what will happen is we cannot survive. Death awaits us. And definitely death means I'm talking about not only natural, I'm talking about you know Spiritual. You see, we will not be able to live or receive salvation or have eternal life. God showed, because we must understand without God, there is no eternal life. Without God, there is no There is no purpose of living at all, nothing. So we have to understand that we need to, but we are not perfect. Remember this, we are not perfect. We, can, we look forward to obeying him. That is very, very important. So nothing can exist outside the will of God. There is a the perfect will or permissive will, but even the permissive will, we can fall away from God. But the reason for the permissive will is for you, for us to go into the permissive will because we are all people who have gone into our own ways. Into our permissive will, we have gone. But God gives us time to turn back and come into you know, what he wants us. We cannot come 100% into his perfect will, but whatever we try to do, let us try to obey him. Because if you see it very, very, if you reason out very thing, the moment a person comes out of God's will, actually he cannot survive. He will drop down then. But because of his permissive will, we are able to live. We are able to live. And that is what we are seeing. And so God showed that that awaits for those who go outside. And when Balaam went outside the will of God, when Balaam went outside the will of God, God showed this literally to him. An angel of the Lord stood there with a drawn sword. The angel was not there to kill the donkey on which he was on. The angel was there with the drawn sword for whom? To say, Death awaits you. To the prophet in Numbers chapter 22, verse 23. Numbers 22, verse 23.
1: When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. Balaam bid her to get her back on the road.
0: Yes. but you know, It's very strange because you must have common sense. Balaam should have thought the road is there. Why, why must my donkey move away from the road? He should have thought about it. Because it doesn't make sense. But he didn't think of it. Because his greed... Was there to overrule everything else. Now, in our lives, sometimes we do make mistakes like that. When God says no, we try to overrule Him and do things against God's will by, you know, but not looking at the whole thing in a different perspective. We must understand sometimes we go into so many obstacles. When you go into obstacles, you must think and pray and ask God. Is, is it so difficult for me to get this? Because you are God who helps me. I do not have to go through all these obstacles. If, if your will is there, everything is smooth sailing. But if your will is not there, then there are obstacles. Now if you read Balaam, there were many times. Not really once, a few other times. All these are written there to say God is real. God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. God wants you to live a life, fullness of life, with joy, peace. Not to say, I'm not saying everyone will become millionaires. No. That is according to God's will. You can even be a pauper. You can be a poor man, living in a hut. But what you'll have is you'll have peace, joy, good health. And according to God's will, he will bless you. If you are to be blessed richly, with wealth, yes, he will bless you. If you are to be, you know, a normal son, yes, go. But do not ever do things against the will of God. So we see here, Balaam went. But Balaam had no choice. Balaam had no choice when, when he saw the angel and he knew that it was not God's will for him to go. Then he told, "I won't go." He told, "I won't go." But remember this, son. Huh? God, God spoke to him and said, "Do not go, Balaam." But when he saw that the angel with the drawn sword, then he says, "I won't go." Is that the right way to tell God? What is in your heart, actually? Just because everything is turned down upon you, uh, or everything is blocked, every area blocked, and then you say, Lord, I won't go. That's not the way it is. Now, when he said, I won't go, angel says, no, you go. You go. Because that's, your heart is, the desire in your heart is to go. So you go. But, but you only speak what God tells you to speak. He had no choice. Remember this, we have no choice of our own to decide. When the situation like that happens, we have to say, yes, Lord, I will do what you want. So he said, yes, Lord, I will do what you want. And I want to, I will go. And when he said, I will do what you want and I'll go, he had a sinister plan. You see, we are people who can develop or we can think of plans, thinking that we are greater than God. He had a sinister plan. You know, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, can you read Revelation chapter 2, verse 14? On the outside, Balaam behaved like he's obeying God. Revelation 2, verse 14.
2: Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food sacrificed to idols. And committed sexual immorality.
0: What did he do? Instead of cursing, because God said you can't curse, he went and told to the king of Moab, okay, this is what you do, you have a feast for your gods, and you invite those people, those men, Israelites, and let your women have fun with them. And then let them also take food offered to the idols. That was the plan of Balaam. So that the king gave him what he wanted and he said, God, I didn't curse the people. You told me not to curse, I didn't curse. It is not Balaam alone. There are many Balaams around who try to do that in their lives. They want this. They also want God. They try to say, God, I, you know, I, I, am, I didn't disobey you. But God knows the intents and purposes of every heart. Can we deceive God? We cannot. Reality is, we have to be truthful to God. We have to be truthful to God. No matter what happens, we have to be truthful. You must always know, we are people with our individual uh, desires, individual will. And we always like to seek things which which are more materialistic or more to the world. Whereas God wants us to focus heavenward. So we always, you know, we like to go the other way. We like to go the other way. We know it is wrong to have pride. Why do many Christians have pride? We know it is wrong to tell lies. Why do many Christians tell lies? If I were to ask you, can anyone put up your hand that you have never told a lie in your whole life? None no, of us, even I, I don't qualify for that. But the thing is, after knowing Jesus, after coming into the Lord, can we continue to tell lies? You see, we have to understand we are serving the living God. The living God is such a a patient God, that is why He has given us permissive will. Okay, you want to walk away? Balaam want to, wanted to walk away with all those things. Okay, God would have allowed him to walk away if he had just gone and just, you know, because the first disobedience is to go with Him and just gone and come back without telling Him to entice the people. He could have, you know, been with God. He wouldn't have been killed. If you read the Bible, he was killed. Today, all these teachings are for us. Where do I stand? Am I like Balaam? You know, it's very, very important. That is why we we must understand, we cannot love the world more than God. That's very, very important. Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. Says the word of God. We live in the world, but we do not love the world. So we have to now understand. Always we have to now every time realign ourselves and say because we are we tend to go off. But the thing is, because being human, our tendency is to go off here and there. But realign, realign, come back, come back to the Lord. It's very important we come back to the Lord, and and when we come back, we say, Lord, I'm sorry. We have to seek forgiveness. Don't pretend and don't say, I didn't know, Lord. I didn't know. Please, I'm sharing with you through my you know my experience as a pastor. After identifying the fault of a person, when they come to me for counseling, it's this, 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 these are the things. Yes, pastor, yes, I made these things wrong. Okay, come up here and, and confess to the Lord, I'll pray for you. Lord, if I have done that, can you say that? If I, When you've already confessed to me, to say, yes, I've done that. But here, Lord, if I have done that, why are you again putting on a show? Be factual, be realistic, be truthful. That is what God wants. We are not perfect. None of us, we can never be perfect. We can never. But at least we try our best. And The reality, this is the reality we have to come into. So we have to see here, God is real. And there is a perfect will for every one of us. He created us, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made, says the word of God. Fearfully and wonderfully made, says the word of God. So we must understand, God didn't, you know, create us in a factory. He created us by himself. Every one of us Special creation. Every one of us. So that is why we must understand I am specially created and I have a plan. Uh, God has a plan for me and I have a purpose to live and I must seek the plan. What is it? I don't live here in this world like an animal with carnal instincts. Cannot. How many Christians are living here with, with carnal instincts? You do not satisfy carnal instincts here in this world. We have, carnality is there, but the thing is, we must try to get rid of it. That is the, I'm talking about flesh, the things, the instincts, the feelings, the desires of the flesh. No, we do have, all of us we do have because we are in the flesh. But the thing is, there is a way God is telling how to live here. So, we have to eat, we have to, you know, all the things we have to, the needs are there. But the thing is, we must be able to live with wisdom from God. I am I am a child of the living God so I must obey the will of God so we see we are we have children who are supposed to always seek the will of God and then somebody says how am I to know that I'm out of God's will how am I to know pastor how am I to know that I'm out of God's will very simple there are road signs Balam had a real road sign. The angel standing there. In, in our lives, there are road signs. When we want to do something, and when we are doing that, if there are blocks and blocks and blocks, you can't turn left, you can't turn right, you can't proceed up also, cannot. Then you must turn around and say, God, I know that you are there. And something is happening here I don't understand but I will not move anything now because your will you see I want you to know this very carefully here eh? very carefully because we are people who are to make we, we have different stages of life in different stages of life you have to make important decisions of your life important decisions of your life what decision you make will affect your future will affect your future That is why we must understand we always need to seek God in everything. King David asked God every time. Isn't it? Can I go and fight with the Philistines? He has got a big army. He he has seen uh, victory with his army. He has seen. But still he comes to God and says, will he give me success if I go and fight? God says go. God says go. Why is it written there? For us to know that we have to seek Him first. We have to seek Him first. So today, this is what I would like to say, everyone, including me, I'm no different from you all. Let me tell you, I'm just the same as you all. So we, we have to understand, there is a God above us, who has plans. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us. To give us a hope and a future. Amen? You know, there was a man, who had friends, and his friends, they said that they were all working together. His friends said, uh, it's, "It's you know, I, I want to apply to work overseas because there's a good offer." So some, some of his friends applied, and they got it. He also applied, but he didn't get it. He applied. Then he went back home and said and cried and said, "Lord, I applied, I prayed, and I applied. What happened? I prayed, Lord." My friends are now earning so much more and they are overseas. But then, he remained there in his job. After two years, he was promoted. After about five years, his friends returned. When they returned, some of his friends, some of his friends uh, came and told him, I made a big mistake of going overseas because I came back, I saw my children misbehaving, and I saw my life was, you know, my family was not proper. If I were here, if I were to be here, if I was here before, you know, instead of going there, I wouldn't have allowed these things to happen in my family life. Whereas this man, God didn't allow him to go. For a reason. You may not know the reason now, but after some time you will know the reason. So do not keep on hitting on God again and again and again. I'm asking you this, I'm asking you this. I'm no, that's not the way it is. Wait upon the Lord. If He wants to do the thing which you are asking for, He will give. That's what James says, the book of James, he says, in the book of James chapter 4, verses 13 to 15. James chapter 4, verses 13 to 15.
1: Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that.
0: This is very important for every one of us. We can make plans. I'm not saying, don't study. I say, study. I'm not saying, don't work. I'm saying, I'm telling you, work hard. But the thing is, before you do all that, or while you are doing all that, seek Him. I'm not saying don't go. Uh, you know, do, if God want, if you want, to, if you think that you are going to go and live overseas, I'm, I'm not saying don't go. Seek Him first. Seek Him first. And if it's His will, everything goes on fine. I know some people who have gone overseas. You know to study or to do something for a certain time period, everything was nice for them. Everything, you know, no hindrance, nothing, because everything works according to God's plan, because God makes it happen. But don't do something which is not God's will. Do not do something which is not God's will. Seek Him and He will speak it to you in your heart. He will tell you in your heart. You will know it. What is God's plan? He will tell you. I always tell this, I don't need a prophet to tell me what to do. Of course the prophets come and tell. But before the prophets come, who's the best person to tell me is my God. My God will put in my heart, this is what I want you to do. And then the prophet will come and confirm it with me. Because I've heard of cases where prophets come and have told, stop your work and go full time. The poor fellow stops his work. A good good job goes full time. Two years later, he cannot. The pastor says, "You, you are not fit to work. You cannot do the work. He's jobless now. There was a guy like that, you know. In the university hospital, he was doing a good job. And he was a Hindu. This man came from overseas and he was, he was, you know, in his ministry was lots of miracles. He prays and people get healed and everything. So this boy immediately accepted Jesus Christ and started to follow him. So when he started to follow him, Pastor Jonathan knows him very well. So when he started to follow him, the man suddenly looked around and said, I think you have to stop work. Stop your work because God is calling you full-time ministry. That preacher man was here for a few months. Preacher man went off. This man, this young man had no job after that. He went here and there asking people to help him. Churches were not able to help him. He went back to Hinduism. And now he hates Christians. Never allow someone to come and tell some new prophecies. God will put in your heart when and God tells you, okay, this is what I want you to do, then the prophet comes and says, this is God's will for you. This is God. So we, we must understand the will of God is not difficult to understand. The will of God is there for us to understand because he makes everything plain to us. He speaks through dreams. You know? And the other very important thing to understand is when you want to know what is God's will is, If you are given a choice of this or that The choice you make You see We being humans We will always look at the greener pasture And we will think that is the right way But God can say this is the right way Because if you make a choice of this side What happens is If you are sincerely praying to God You will not have peace Let me tell you that Let me tell you again, if you make the wrong choice, though it may look nice, offer may look nice, you will never have peace. Peace is very important. Peace is from God. And if it's God's will, there will be peace. So seek God and ask God for guidance because it's very, very important. So decisions are made. Decisions are made in life. In every decision, See God first. I want to ask you. Huh? I'm, I'm I'm moving fast. I'm, I want to ask you a very important question here. Do you think marriages are under God's perfect will or permissive will or permissible? Which one you think? Perfect will or permissive will? you you think it's perfect? Ah uh, yes. We we okay, I won't say you're wrong. No, I won't say you're wrong. You see, because in, in the Word of God, in when you come to these things there's no such thing as wrong. Okay, I want to ask you, you see Especially married people. When you fell in love with your husband or your wife before marriage, did you seek God about that? Okay, some of you have come into the Lord after marriage. But I want to tell you this. Marriages, they say, are made in heaven. But how it is made in heaven is this. We, every one of us, we fall under the permissive will of God to choose our life partner. Not perfect will of God. Under the permissive will of God... Because in the Bible, God didn't tell anyone, you go and marry so-and-so. Maybe one or two, That is, you know, but that is not the thing. In the New Testament, you don't see that at all. But the thing is, everyone says, I fell in love and I got married. But the beautiful thing is this. For Christians and those who fell in love even before they became Christians, The beautiful thing is this. You fall in love with that person, you are married and you are together. The word of God says, from the permissive will, actually, we are to come into the perfect will. From the permissive will of God, we are to come into the perfect will of God. How? There's a very, very important, uh, you can say, Rule or requirement which God put in the Bible. In the book of Genesis also, the two shall be one. The two shall be one. So we read this in Matthew 19 verse 5. Matthew 19 verse 5. Even in the book of Genesis we have that. Matthew 19 verse 5.
2: And said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh.
0: Yes. Okay. I told the two will become one. But
2: Jesus says, two will become
0: one flesh. Now, think of it very carefully. Literally, two will become one flesh. What does that mean, actually? That means the two of them will come into loving one another in such a way that if one is having pain, the other one will have pain. If one is hurt, the other one is hurt. If one needs to be comforted, the other one also will go and comfort. You see, the, the feelings of the of the physical body, pain, sadness, you know, we can say pain, uh, like uh, also like uh, sickness or anything, it will affect both. That must be how it is. Today, if the wife says I'm sick, the husband says oh, take two painkillers and I finish, and he goes out with his friends. That's not the way it is. He must be there too. Take care. He must tell his friends, "Sorry, I can't come. My wife is not well. I got to take care of her." The two shall be one flesh. Do you know there's a great secret behind this, a great blessing behind this? The moment the two become one flesh, do you know the amount of blessings they have? But how can the two become one flesh? Is because the only way is when they obey the word of God which says, you must love. You must love. But today I find it very hard for You see, before marriage, the man will say, Darling, I love you. Every time he meets, he says, Darling, I love you. Then, after marriage, I I get complaints. Pastor, ten years already, he never said he loved me. (laughs) Then, ask him and say, He will say, what, you know? What, Pastor? Ten years ago, I told her I love her. I didn't change my standard. (laughs) That's not the thing. That's not the thing. You see, you must understand... Wives, husbands, how? You must understand, you must keep on confessing your love. Because the eyes are roaming around here and there. So make sure it is only on your wife. So you must be very careful. You see, we must understand. And please do not forget her birthday. Your wedding anniversary. These are two very important things in your whole life. You may be kicked out of your house if you do not remember you must be careful you see, this is very important we are counseling many people so i want to tell you this so marriages are actually made god allows you to you know fall in love with this person or that person anything but the thing is after that come into but but you must i'm not saying go and get married to a non-believer what of God says equally yoked, okay? Equally yoked means try to get a Christian. But sometimes it happens, you know, you want to go get married to an unbeliever, as a Christian, bring that person into the Lord first before you get married. But if you both have been, you know, non-Christians and come into the Lord, then now is the time for you to work your marriage to come into the perfect marriage plan of God. Which is, first thing is, no fights. No fights. Can do that or not. No fights. No arguments. If one starts, the other keeps quiet. Can it be done or not? It can be done. Thank you. Because it has been proven, isn't it? So so no fights. No you know you can you can cut off from all that know no, no fights no okay another thing is no selfishness no selfishness no hurting each other with words no hurting each other with words no sarcasm remember this i'm talking about god's in god's perfect will there are no quarrels, no fights, no sarcasm. Truthful. Don't be like Adam. When Adam sinned, when God asked Adam, Adam said, no Lord, the, the woman you gave me, what, <laughs> put the blame on the woman. No, you. we, we have to understand, we cannot, oh, you have fallen, you say, yes Lord, I have fallen, finished, that's all. So, in God's perfect will we stand. He wants the marriage to come into the perfect will of God. You cannot reach 100%, at least whatever you can, but without corals, without selfishness. Today, many, many married couples are very selfish. I'll give you an example. Huh? Don't touch my wallet. You have your own earning power. You keep your money. Don't touch my money. Is it happening or not? Don't ask me where I'm going. I have my friends. Kind of a selfish life. The husband must know what the wife is doing. And the wife must know what the husband is doing. There's no secret between husband and wife. No secret at all. The husband can go into the wife's handphone and just check all the numbers she must not be upset over that. All the SMS there, she cannot be upset over that. That is, the two shall be one flesh. The two shall be one flesh. Remember, these are the things which I'm sharing. In, in a nutshell, I'm sharing just these are very important things. And each time you break through one and you come, God is pleased God is pleased. And having patience and perseverance is very important. You cannot expect your husband or your wife to change overnight. Nor can you expect that person to change at the speed you are changing. If God is patient and God has given us so much of time to change, we must allow God to move. That is why prayer is very important. Pray. Thy will be done. Your will be done in my family, in my husband, in my wife. Pray, and it will be. Ha- it will happen. And that is very, very important. Every decision you make in this world, every decision you are going, you are now, you are uh, searching for a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and you feel that she's so beautiful, or he's so handsome, so nice. Remember this one thing they only show the best part of their of their character 90% of their character is behind 90% of the character is you cannot see you can only see after marriage you can only see after marriage one man cried and said i never knew my wife had false teeth Only on the night when you were sleeping, you saw the glass with the false teeth inside. So you see, I would say, do not deceive like that before marriage, you know, at least tell the truth. So it is very important to tell the truth and whether you have false teeth or not, you can come into a perfect married life if there is love. If love, it's very important. So I would say work out your marriage to come under the blessings of God. So the God's blessings of marriage comes under this one very important thing is unity of husband and wife very important. be united, be together and don't put down your you know your spouse in front of people. Do not ever, ever put down your spouse in front of people. They can be friends, they can be relatives. Don't do that. That's very hurting. They can say, I'm not hurt, but that is hurting. That is very hurting. So I would say, you want to be together? This is what it is. There, there should be true love, togetherness. There should be. So much so, you know, God will be pleased and you will be actually you'll be able to do ministry for God as husband and wife to bring many fighting couples together. There are many couples. Do you know couples come to church, hold hands and we are very happy, but the moment they go home? One is in the hall, one in the room. They're not together. The child comes and tells me, Pastor, you only see them holding hands here. But in the house, they quarrel, they fight. You see, how can their family be blessed when you fall into the will of God? It's very, very important. So, there must be more love, more understanding, more care for each other. More care for each other. Remember this. More care for each other is very, very important. Please, when we, if you start doing these things, huh, you are going to find great change. And come out of the thought of, woman has to do all the housework. Man, no. No, come out of it. That is a wrong concept. Woman and man if the husband, the husband is there, if he sees the wife working, there's nothing wrong to go and help her. And if you help the wife, you know, come, come, let me wash the dishes today, or let me help you to wipe it, or let me clean the house today. You know how happy she'll be? Very important. But if if you're coming home after hard days' work, and if your wife says, you know, you rest my love, you rest. Because you are working hard. Then you can, you're free. I would say, freedom is yours. (laughs) If your wife says, you rest. But if your wife, you know, is showing you that she's really working hard, better go and help her. (laughs) It's very important for you to do that. Because that's, that's how we find there's no, you know, misunderstanding in the heart. What I'm saying is the heart there cannot be any ill feelings, there cannot be any misunderstanding. That is very important. And don't do anything for show. You cannot you cannot, you know, put on a show to your husband or to your wife. You cannot. So be more I would say open. So God has a perfect will for every one of us. And in marriage we come under the permissive will first to choose and then we bring the person to the Lord. And therefore, listen very carefully eh? when the two of them the word of God says, the two shall become one flesh there is no room for divorce. There is no room for divorce. Actually according to the you know, because God has joined them together. God has joined them together. In Matthew 19, verse 6.
1: So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let men not separate.
0: Yes. Okay, now I would like to say, because in life there are situations. Okay? In life. However, If there is adultery in the marriage, then God allows divorce. If there is adultery in marriage, God allows divorce. Please understand, these are realities. These are realities. Today in working life, affairs take place even among Christians. He can be happily married, but he can have an affair in the office or outside. She can be happily married. I tell you, in the place where I'm staying, my house, lunchtime, lunchtime a few years back, but two or three houses away, this man will come in his car and go into the house. This woman will come and go into the It's a an empty house. She'll come in her car. Go after some time. They'll kiss each other and go off. And then we came to know that they are Christians. You mean to say they are husbands and wives? Husband and wife? No. Husband and wife do not have to do that. it happens we are talking of reality reality strikes you see i'm talking about reality any one of us can fall into any sin that is why we need to follow what god wants us to do that is what very important for the wife to keep the husband and the husband to keep the wife very very important to please one another you please your husband you please your wife It's very important because God looks at this in a very different way. God wants to bless you. I'm talking to you about God today. I'm not talking about Satan. Because I know Satan has a part inside this. Because we have done a lot of deliverance cases. We have cast out many evil spirits. Today, touching only on what God is doing. So, remember, it is very important. Don't take it lightly. Do not ever take it lightly. When God speaks to you in your heart, suddenly, when you're in the house, and says, go and show affection to your wife. Do it. Do it, I'm telling you. Because God knows what's happening. I'm telling this to the men. Please show affection to your wife when the Lord speaks to you in your heart. It may not be her birthday, but you can buy her a gift, a small gift. Do you know how happy she'll be? And it's not even a rose for her. You, know, you can say, you know. You just come and give and say, you know, I love you, my you know, my wife. Just give. I tell you, you change many things. You change many things learn from some men who know how to do it. There are some men who know how to take care of the wives. So learn, because this is all God God given. You know, God wants us to do that. God is real, and God wants us to come into His perfect will in marriage, so that you will have a beautiful married life. No point of you, you know, having a married life for 30 years Only the first year you were so happy with your spouse. The rest of the years, you were fighting, fighting, fighting. And I've seen, we have seen, when the funeral takes place. When the funeral takes place, they cry and cry and say, I love you. But when the person was alive, no. When the person was alive, no. No. Because there is a kind of a pride between husband and wife. Don't allow this pride to be there. Do not allow. Pride between husband and wife must be broken. That is one. The other one is, the, you can see, yeah, like there will be a contention of control. Who is to control? So that's another thing. There's no such thing as I control or you control. Because there's a fight in this too sometimes. When you're together, you won't have that at all. You pray over it and you'll never have that at all. I'm sharing with you from our, our experience, of so many years of experience in counseling people and in reading the word of God and in guidance from the Holy Spirit. I'm sharing this to you. You want to have a beautiful life. Life is short. It's a mist like what we read just now. It's short. You won't know how fast it flies. And the short time, God wants us to have joy in life. So have a beautiful life in this world without having sadness and misunderstanding. You must always. Amen? So the next one I'd like to say is choosing a career also. Except for those, choosing a career also is under the permissive will of God. Okay? except for those who are called full time. those who are called full- time is uh, can you read uh, Jeremiah chapter 5 chapter 1 verse 5. Jeremiah 1 verse 5.
2: Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations.
0: yes. So the calling already has been given before he was born. That means he cannot leave that calling. If he's being called as a prophet, he cannot leave that and go and become a pastor. If he's being called a prophet, he cannot go and become an evangelist because God says you are to be a prophet for me. That's all. That's a full-time calling. So, that is different. So, those who do not have the calling to be pastors or full-time ministry, tell them not to, you know, not to say, I want to be. They they are not to go into that. God can make use of a person, man or woman, without full-time calling, into a greater ministry than a full-time calling. Because God is great. God can do that. Okay? So, this is where I would like to say, but other than that, other than God's full-time calling, I would say it's a permissive will. God says, okay, you study, you choose your career, you call it. But you see, your career can be, can be anything but nothing which stands against the word of God. Your career shouldn't be something like, okay, for instance, a Christian says, I have been offered a good job, a very good job, with a good salary. But I, I cannot, uh, I'm, I have to work on Sundays. You will really say, God will allow that? If you have a, an alternative, maybe a Friday service or Saturday service, that's different. But generally I would say, if it stops you from doing God's work, will God allow that? Will God allow that? there was a man by the name of John Newton, huh? he in in London, born in London, 1725. He was a slave trader. He was a slave trader and he became, he, con- he was converted and became a priest, an Anglican priest. And becoming Anglican priest, what happens is he realized that what he did as a slave tra- trader was wrong. He stopped. He stopped Slave trading. And he wrote this beautiful hymn. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost but now am found. Was blind but now I see. I was blind to your will, O Lord. But now I see. Of course you could have made tons of money there. Slave trading. But that is not God's will. Today... What is God's will? So your career you can choose. But if your career stops you from going to coming close to God, then that is not God's will. That is not God's will. I would like to ask everyone here. Please get this revelation that nothing can exist without God's will. No, nothing. We cannot exist out of God's will. We cannot exist out of God's will. I would like to say even Satan cannot exist out of God's will. That is why Satan had to, or you can say Satan cannot exist without God. That is why Satan came to see God. Because he was created under God's will. He was created as an angel. In Job chapter 1 verse 6. Job chapter 1 verse 6.
1: One day the angels came to, the, came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them.
0: And Satan also, you see, when I read that every time I ask, God, how can Satan come into your presence? Then I I had this understanding, everything exists in God's will. So Satan, but there is an end for Satan according to God's will. In the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 10. Revelation 20, verse 10.
2: And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Yes.
0: And that, that's the end of him. That is the end of him. Okay? But he'll be there. Okay, I do not know. He, he doesn't say he'll die, but he'll be there. That's what the word of God says. He'll be thrown into the lake of fire day and night. Remember this, sir. Huh? Nothing can exist out of God's word. God's word is so great, Satan cannot move an inch without God nodding his head. That is why it is written in the Old Testament that God sent an evil spirit. Why must he write that in, in the book of 1 Kings chapter 22, verses 21 to 23? 1 Kings 22, 21 to 23.
1: finally a spirit came forward stood before the lord and said i will entice him by what means the lord asked i will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouths of all his prophets he said you will succeed in enticing him said the lord go and do it so now the lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all the, all these prophets yes. o- of yours
0: yes when we read that sometimes some people wonder how can god send a lying spirit an that evil spirit But that is not the understanding. The understanding is the evil spirit, they cannot exist. The evil spirit cannot exist without God. And so, because that person disobeyed God, God allows and says, okay, evil spirit, you can go. That's how it is. Because they cannot move without God approving. They cannot move. You see, Job couldn't have been tested without God saying yes to Satan. That is how it is. If happens those days, happen those days, can it happen today? It can happen today. Are evil spirits around? Yes, they are around. Are they working? Yes, they are very, very greatly working. Very, they are working very much. My first our second case, where we were casting out the evil spirit from this person. The person that evil spirit spoke and said, I asked, who are you? I am the phantom of the night. Actually, that's a drama. You know, that's a, that's a, you know. uh, But the thing is, it it identified itself to be that. A lot of things like that, we we have seen through. And you see, what I would say is, they are real. They are real. So today, the will of God is very important. When we walk in the will of God, nothing can ever stand. And even if the will of God... The will of God, you see, eh? God's perfect will. God's perfect will for King Hezekiah was to die. But what happened is, when he cried to God, God's compassion came upon that person, and God immediately said, Okay, I will add another 15 years to you, to your life. That means, His perfect will was changed. We can pray that our perfect will For us, can be changed. You can see this in the book of uh, 2 Kings, chapter 20, verse 6. 2 Kings, chapter 20, verse 6.
2: I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David.
0: Yes. What I would say is God's perfect will is there. Certain times the perfect will never change. But for you and for me, when we change and when we see God, his perfect will can be changed. That's what I would like to ask everyone. Come into God's will. Come into God's will. God is real. Shall we stand? I'd like to ask everyone here. God is real. You want miracles? Miracles are real. You want to see the power of God, power of God is real. Nothing happens outside His will. We are going to sing this song, but what I'd like you to do about this is whatever your past is, your our past. Was not according to his will. But when we have accepted Jesus Christ, we move forward in the will of God. In the will of God. And I'd like to ask everyone, wherever you are, just to. And I would also like to ask everyone, it's this is kinda of like an altar call where I would be laying hands. If you feel that God the Holy Spirit wants you to come up here and stand here and and to come. Give yourself to the Lord and ask Him to lead you. You may do so. Hallelujah. God, the Holy Spirit is here. He is real and He's moving. He is moving. He is moving. Thank you.
3: moving ahead, I'm here to declare to you, my past is over in you, all things are made new, surrendered my life to Christ, I'm moving, moving forward. What a moment You have brought me to such freedom and I have found in you You're the healer Who makes all things new Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not going back I'm moving ahead I'm here to take back you forward You have risen
0: We don't go backwards anymore. Time is so precious. Our life is like a mist. He has given us life to glorify His name and to walk in His will. Let us not live in pain or sorrow. Let us not live misunderstandings, hurting one another. Let us live according to His will. Pleasing to God. Reconciling with people. Forgiving and seeking forgiveness. In all what we do. Let Jesus be glorified. with us. He has never left us. So I would like to ask everyone here surrender yourself to the Lord even now. Open up and tell the Lord. Open up and speak to him and tell him that you want to put yourself right before God. Put yourself right. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your will. We thank you for guiding us so wonderfully, O Lord into your will. We thank you for your word. We thank you for life itself. We thank you for joy. We thank you for families, O Lord. We thank you, Father. And we pray at this time that you remove all the hurts and pains of the past. Heal the wounded heart, O Lord. All the wounds, O Lord. Yes, Father. All the past wounds, Lord. We pray at this time that you remove, that you release your healing upon every one of us today. Every one of us today. The healing of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We claim, O Lord, right now. Let a beautiful anointing fall upon us. With a healing. healing of Jesus Christ. The peace, the joy, the fullness of life. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for every person here, Lord. Every person whom you have wonderfully, fearfully made, O Lord, everyone. We pray that every one of us here today will come under your will. Under your will, O Lord. We want to thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
4: Please be seated.